Hello and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine. And I'm Isabel Robles. So Seth, today is our last day it, recording Speaking it Startup. It's a little sad. It's a little bittersweet in the studio, in the newsroom. Do you have any highlights of this season with Speaking Startup? The, the, the progression in our banter has gotten... That's so true. much better. I think the pivotal moment was the Pokey Bar. And I have more news on that front, actually. Okay, what was it? Originally, we shared a headline a few weeks ago that a Pokey Bar, so a Pokemon-themed bar, was coming to St. Louis um, next year in February. And then it was just announced it's also coming to Kansas City next year. Dates unreleased. So Missourians from across the state will be able to get their Pokey fix. It sounds... I'm going to go to both. (laughs) What if they're in the same weekend? (laughs) Friday night, St. Louis. (laughs) Saturday, KC. And then you have to write, like, contrasting reviews of both. That would be a fascinating audio story, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe we will have to pursue that. Well, should we get started with the podcast? Yes, we probably should. Beginning of the the end. You're right. The beginning (laughs) of the end. First off, we'll take a look at this week's headlines and startup news. Then we'll hear about my visit to Columbia's new goat yoga experience. We'll hear an interview from reporter Claire Roth with one of the founders of a newly established angel investing group in Columbia, the Women's Investment Network for Entrepreneurs. And then we will give you our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. But we've got to get after that news first. The T-Rex startup incubator in St. Louis announced the head of its new geospatial center called the Geosaurus Rex. The center will take a whole floor at T-Rex about 1,400 feet. Construction began in February and is planned to be completed this winter. A biomedical startup founded by two Missouri S&T students received $10,000 from the Blue KC Healthcare Innovation Prize. Bionic Bowel created an ingestible pill to treat Crohn's disease. The two-student team hopes to take the product to the testing stage soon and is being supplied the critical compound by Missouri S&T. Deep Lens, a team that is inventing a headset to support individuals with vision impairments, won the first-place prize worth $20,000. St. Louis-based startup Check the Q has changed its name and focus. Now called Custodian, the startup has developed technology to ensure upkeep of restrooms in businesses. The tool is used so business owners can track the use of their public restrooms. The startup has received funding in the past from arch grants and capital investors, and used to be focused on tracking wait times at airports. So, Seth, you got to attend a pretty interesting event last week, it sounds like. Yeah, I did. It, I went to a special kind of yoga, goat yoga. I believe the slang that we established in the newsroom was actually goga. You're right. It, it was a word that was thrown around quite a bit. So I'm curious to hear all about this goga. Well, about three years ago in Oregon, a new kind of yoga studio emerged, uh, goat yoga. Since then, the experience has become kind of a national trend for goat and yoga enthusiasts. And the idea is is pretty simple. It's just like a yoga class, except there are goats roaming around that people can interact with. And it's gained quite a bit of popularity. I can completely understand the interest. I imagine there's a lot of business opportunity there, too. Yeah, and the founder of the original Goat Yoga Studio estimates that it's about a $5 million industry. 
And now a local entrepreneur has opened her own brand new goat yoga class on her family's farm just outside of Columbia. I talked to the owner, Jessica Baker, about her new business. So if you don't have food, they'll just start wondering who knows where. But if you have food, they'll be your best friend. Jessica Baker is giving instructions to a group of about 20 people on her family's farm outside of Columbia. People are holding yoga mats and are waiting to enter through a gate where their class is being held. But Baker isn't hosting a regular yoga class. This class is with goats. You want a goat to climb on your back or something? If that's something you really want to make sure happens tonight, (laughs) make sure you tell me. Goat yoga is a national trend that started in 2016 in Oregon. Now there are goat yoga businesses across the country. This is the third class Baker is hosting. She opened the business about two weeks ago. Baker received help from the original goat yoga founder, Lainey Morris, to start the business. Baker's class is now one of a dozen original goat yoga affiliates across the country. Morris says the industry has grown so much in part because it's easy to replicate. If people have a farm and they have really friendly goats, um, they were able to spool up a business pretty fast. For Baker, administering the class is a side job. She works at the University of Missouri in human resources during the week. Baker says she heard about goat yoga when it was becoming popular, but didn't take it seriously at first. Eventually, the idea resurfaced when she was trying to find a way to give back to the community. So I didn't just shrug it off that time, and I actually did some research, and I got really excited about it. Her research was on stories related to animal-assisted therapy, using animals to help relieve stress and promote mental health. She says she thought opening the family farm to others through yoga would make a difference in people's lives. I was just listening to stories and reading stories about people who were really benefited from the mental aspect. And so I thought, this is something that I can also give back to the community. During the class, Baker walks around while a yoga teacher instructs. Baker pours some food to attract one of the goats and sometimes convinces them to jump on someone's back. Baker doesn't do this work alone. She has the help of her longtime friend, Emily Hartman. Hartman helps out with the administrative side of the business and also helps with the goats. She says being a new entrepreneur and working with unpredictable goats is a mix between stressful and relaxing. But ultimately, she says it's rewarding to see people's experiences during classes. I'd say that not a lot of people anymore really get to experience farm life and livestock. So it's kind of cool to get to see them experience it. Baker has only hosted about four classes so far, but says there has been a lot of interest. Beyond holding classes at the farm, Baker says she could travel to events with the goats. For now, hosting goat yoga remains a passion project outside of her day job. A passion for cultivating wellness and four-legged friends.
For more information on goat yoga, visit Missouri Business Alert. And Isabel, you actually attended goat yoga. I did. I did. There was a lot of talk in the newsroom about goat yoga. I was intrigued. So I took some friends with me on Friday. And how was how was your experience? I must say it was such a wholesome, zen-filled hour of my life. I just <laughs> I must say it was it was very wholesome. It was. We were my favorite moment probably had to be in child's pose. I looked up and there was a goat standing right in front of me and they're little baby tiny goats and it just burped. It was like completely silent and this little goat just burped and like the whole class laughed. So definitely uh, an entertaining uh, afternoon or evening. Adorable. Did you feel relaxed afterward? Yeah, I think so. It wasn't like I was horribly focused on my breath. I was more focused on the goats. But definitely my friends and I left and felt like a little weight lifted off our shoulders, even though there were goats jumping onto our shoulders. Columbia is home to a newly formed angel investing group designed for women. The Women's Investment Network for Entrepreneurs, or Coma Wine for short, had their first networking event last week. Can you tell me a little bit about how the group was founded? Sure. The group's founders noticed that women-run companies were not getting as many investment opportunities as their male counterparts. They wanted to create a resource to help these women entrepreneurs. Missouri Business Alert reporter Claire Roth went to the first networking event and got the chance to talk with Mindy McCubbin, one of the founders. My name is Mindy McCubbin. Uh, I am the owner and founder of Truman Wealth Advisors. I am also the director of equity investing for shelter insurance companies. We want to bring together women who have business skills, networks, and are interested in investing their capital to empower women entrepreneurs and support companies that have women as executives and leaders. Tell me about how this group was born. So there's a group of women that is in Columbia that um, we had a few events where Maxine Clark uh, came to town, who's the founder of Build-A-Bear. Um, and then we also had the founder of Peach that came to town and spoke to women um, in houses and in, in venues. And um, one of the messages that we heard from these successful women entrepreneurs and founders was that they just did not um, have other women that uh, were able to either invest in their companies or serve as advisors and that that was one of the things that they struggled with as they built their company was getting a diversity of perspective and getting women involved in, in the uh, startup of their companies. And so what we did after that was we got together, just a few of us, and brainstormed ways that we might be able to change that. Um, some of the statistics are kind of appalling uh, with how much venture funding goes to women. Last year, there was only 2% of venture funding that went to women-founded companies. And, you know, we thought that that was um, something that needed to change. And maybe we could do uh, something here in Columbia that would be a small part of the solution. Not the whole solution, but a small part of the solution. Tonight was your first event. What are your plans for the future? Later this year, we're going to have a little bit more of a formal organizational meeting. And we have a Facebook page that's Como Wine. So it's at Como Wine. Um, and the name of our group is Como Wine, um, which sounds really fun. It's our own little wine club. Um, but really, it's women 
Women's Investment Network for Entrepreneurs. And so it's got a purpose and that I think aligns with really what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to um, help women figure out great avenues to be investors and take risk, but then also help women entrepreneurs that are in our community and throughout the country get more access to funding. How hard is it for women to find access to venture capital in our area? A few entrepreneurs that came to our event have been trying to raise uh, money, both in mid-Missouri and then even throughout the country. And, um, and it's really, really difficult for women, um, mostly because sometimes they'll walk into a room and there isn't anyone that looks like them. Um, and they may have ideas that are fantastic solutions for women that, um, that maybe just because there's a lack of diversity in the audience, um, they're not getting um, access to the same kind of capital that, that uh, someone with this exact same idea that's behind them from a technology standpoint um, gets access to capital for. So, so we'd like to change that and figure out ways that we can do that better. How have your personal experiences played a role in your interest in forming this group? I'm an entrepreneur myself, so I have my own um, financial services company, and um, my company, I actually started, and I was trying to do a lot of it on my own, and um, I found a network of women who were doing the exact same thing. So what I do for my company is, is I'm a uh, fee-only financial planner and investment advisor for the company that I have myself and that I'm an entrepreneur for. Um, and I'm part of a network of women that are tr that do the same thing. It's called Equita. And I was absolutely floundering and lost until I found this other group of women that were incredibly supportive and helped me figure out how to do it in a way that was more efficient, that was more profitable, that was just so much more effective. And so I have been a professional investor, so I've been an institutional investor where I provide capital um, to companies, startup companies, to mature companies um, across the board. And I've seen just within the investment space, the professional investment space, just the lack of diversity and the lack of understanding of um, how much of an impact women can have and diversity can have when you're on a board, when you are um, on the, in the C-suite, when you are um, running the company and what great resources women bring to the table. And so I think for me personally, that's been the inspiration and why I'm so passionate about it is, is both from a personal starting my own company standpoint, but then also um, from what I've seen as a provider of capital is, is that, boy, you know, women really are, um, when they band together, are absolutely powerful. What type of person are you trying to attract to this group? You know, as a person who, who invests a lot of money um, on behalf of individuals and on behalf of institutions, I really understand the risks of this. And this is some of the highest risk type investing that you can do. And so one of the number one requirements, if somebody's going to do this, is, is that they have a passion for it and that they believe in what they're doing and that they want to be a mentor and that they want to, um, you know, they want to uh, do this because it comes from their heart and because they know that they're trying to make a change because the returns are not great. You know, um, there's lots of these companies that fail. 
Uh, and if you don't have the stomach for that, um, then this is not really going to be the right place for somebody to put their money. Um, but that's why it takes accredited investors um, to come to the table and to say, hey, I do have a passion for this and this is worth it. Because every once in a while, one out of 10 of these really can make a lot of money. Um, and, you know, the way that we're trying to structure this and how we've thought about it, we've put a lot of thought and time into how can we help women build a portfolio of these companies um, so that they uh, increase the chances that they'll have one of those um, be in their portfolio. Why is women's involvement in angel investing groups important? There's kind of an old network and there's a club effect that happens and you see it in Silicon Valley a lot where um, founders of companies you know once they've been very successful they like to put their money behind other great ideas and behind other founders and unfortunately a lot of that money is has it been controlled by men over the last um, several decades. And so what we'd like to see happen is, is we'd like to see that same effect and we'd like to create that same waterfall um, and just make it a little bit more equal between men and women. Uh, because we think that, you know, the ideas are great. The passion is great. It's just how do we connect it all and um, make sure that everybody is um, networking with each other so we can make it happen. All right, Isabel, it's time to give us your digits. Sure thing. My digits this week are 108 billion. <laughs> Wait, what? 108 billion? Yes, Seth. 108 billion dollars. This is the size of SoftBank's technology investment fund. Called Vision Fund 2, it is focused on startups specializing in data analytics and artificial intelligence. SoftBank owns Sprint, which just cleared a big hurdle in its planned merger with T-Mobile. This is the second technology mega fund in two years for SoftBank. Typically, venture capital funds are much smaller, meaning this fund could influence the broader landscape of startup funding. Seth, what are your digits? Mine are 1,400. This is the amount of employees who can be supported in Square's new space. The payments company was founded by two St. Louis natives, Jack Dorsey and Jim McKelvey. Square is expanding its office in downtown St. Louis and plans on doubling its workforce there which is now at 500. The space will be the company's second largest behind its San Francisco headquarters. Isabel, do you have one last quote for the road? You bet I do. By building an inclusive pathway to entrepreneurship, the organizations represented are creating opportunities for residents while also impacting the local economy. These are the words of Aaron Jenkins, the Kauffman Foundation's program officer in entrepreneurship. The foundation just announced 19 grants given out in its inclusion open last week that focus on removing barriers from underserved entrepreneurs. Six Kansas City programs were chosen, and the program drew in over 750 applications. Included in the six Kansas City projects were the Sewing Lab, which gives sewing skills to marginalized women, and the Greater Kansas City Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode has been produced, edited, and hosted by Isabel Robles and me, Seth Bodine. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.
Bye.